the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us for this hour, Chad Sturgill, our host, Tom Dupree. This is more of the Financial Hour, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. You know, my wife and I, we go to Florida, and we were there recently, and uh, I fly down, but I like to get a, a car and drive back, rental car. And I'm sure she wonders, you know, why do you do this? And it's just occurring to me because of this, this song. And things like this song. This song, of course, was on the very first Allman Brothers album when Dwayne was still alive. I saw something, you know, that Dwayne Allman only lived two years into the Allman Brothers and yet the band lasted 40 he was killed in a motorcycle wreck and, and somebody said Dwayne was like Moses leading his people into the promised land he didn't get to go there but they did and it's so I don't know um, this is why I like driving across Georgia 
I think about Almond Brothers, and I have a spiritual connection with the South. I just, I'm not going to lie, especially in some ways, Georgia. I don't know quite why, but it's like a piece of me lives there. And, and you know, I don't feel quite the same way about South Carolina. I certainly do feel that way to a certain degree about Western North Carolina. So I come up I-95, and sometimes I'll go through Atlanta and Macon. Macon, of course, was where Capricorn Records was that uh, uh, they published the Allman Brothers and then a whole bunch of other artists, uh, Wet Willie, Elvin Bishop, you know, uh, the uh, Outlaws. A lot of these people also probably, I guess, maybe Atlanta Rhythm Section. Capricorn Records, of course, based in uh, Macon, Georgia. <laughs> I remember there was an album that came out called The South's Greatest Hits on Capricorn Records, and it was a list of greatest hits of people that had uh, recorded on Capricorn Records. Guess who wrote the liner notes? Tom Dupree. Not me. Ah, okay. I ended up talking to that guy once, and I don't know. I think he thought I was somebody other than what I was. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we're not only going to talk about music in this hour. We're going to talk about what happened in 2023 uh, regarding markets because we are an investment firm and you know we had something to say about the markets this year we're gonna talk about it we we got something right it's the first time in my career i've ever gone out public with a major call uh, to action regarding bonds and fixed income that turned out to be right you're gonna hear me talk more and more about that because you know this is we do business here. This is what we are. We, we do this show so we can bring in clients. We want to have the chance to talk to you about managing your money. We're a registered investment advisor. We are not an annuity peddler. We're not a stockbroker. We're not a mutual fund company. We don't sell bond funds or mutual funds. We're Dupree Financial Group, a registered investment advisor, an unbiased advisor regulated by the Securities Exchange Commission, fee only. We don't charge commissions. And we manage your money. Uh, and since we're unbiased and fiduciaries, we're going to attempt to place our clients' assets in what we think are the very best um, – asset categories for growth and income. So Chad's done some research and we are finally going to get to his research. If I get done talking about, uh, music and, you know, uh, and, 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 and my little ad that I just did. So what kind of year did we have Chad and let us know. <laughs> Well, I think you've got to set the stage, though, for how we entered this year because uh, the, the mood was very, very dour because the, the 
one of the few times in in uh, really since the the major indices came into existence, uh, we saw both stocks and bonds have double-digit declines in 2022, which, I mean, you just never see that. I mean, it's, you know, bonds are supposed to be where you go to be uh, to play it safe and to protect you against volatile stock market. And we just didn't see that in 2022 because uh, when we entered, uh, I guess, early on in 2022, there was a, uh, the Fed funds, the short-term interest rates, you could borrow money or banks could borrow money for, you know, a quarter of a percent. And the Fed started its ruthless campaign where they raised rates. I think it was 13 or 14 meetings in a row, um, quarter point every time. And we ended up with rates in the five and a quarter percent range. So they raised them about 5% over 18 months. That's not good for bonds. That's why they went down so much. So we were entering the year where people were just almost throwing up their hands saying, okay, we can't make money in stocks, can't make money in bonds. Where do we make money? So, uh, you know, and we have these periods where the market just corrects like that. Uh, where it's just tough to to find uh, anything that's working, and and um, you know that's the environment we were in when we entered 2023. And if you the talking heads were saying that the interest rate, I'm sorry, that uh, we're going to be in a recession because all this money that was pumped into the economy to to bail us out of COVID, it, it was running out, and uh, lots of um, you know lots of uh, inflation going on. So people were afraid of that too. So lots of negative news going on. And then you look uh, fast forward to today, and you see where things are totally has gone a different direction than anybody that was making those forecasts back at the beginning of the year ever thought possible. Uh, one of the other themes was China was going to have a big uh, uh, recovery because they had finally reopened after COVID and uh, that, you know, the economy grew four or five times faster than the U S economy the previous few decades. So they were going to resume that leadership role. Well, none of that came to pass. I mean, you saw the stock market go up, the bond market go up and you saw China actually go down. And you've seen inflation finally get tamed, and you've seen the Fed finally come to a, to its uh, it concluded its interest rate hike campaign because they think they have finally slayed inflation. So, uh, you know, things have just really not turned out the way we uh, that people thought at the beginning of the year, but they turned out well. We've had a had a good year where we've seen stocks go up as of. Uh, I guess earlier this week, the S and P was up about twenty six, almost twenty seven percent, and the bond market a major benchmark for that it was negative uh, back in November for the year but it's now up over five and a half percent year to date so uh, we've totally last couple of months have really been strong and really helped us out uh, as an economy as investors and uh, we, we finally have some some positive things to talk about and uh, what our job is during these times is to go ahead out and find some names that we need to invest in that maybe are getting overlooked by the market or Look for the counter trends. Look for things that people aren't talking about, but we think have a realistic chance of happening. And that's the kind of work we were doing here at Dupree. And we also were meeting with a lot of clients and a lot of potential clients, talking to them about what was important. Let's let's focus on their goals, not on what the headlines are saying. You know what the market's going to do, but what do they need to have have accomplished and work towards uh, getting them there. So that's what that's what we've done. And so the folks that were in here looking at their financial plans, you know, making any changes if they needed to. They were uh, well positioned to take advantage of this uh, rally that we've seen here. Uh, one of the problems we have is it, sometimes is we know that things are cheap or we know that things will change. We just can't tell you exactly when they're going to change. So we just have to be patient and bide our time and make sure we're positioned to take advantage of it when it does change. And uh, Tom, is, as he said, as he alluded to earlier, was saying that we had 
um, we, you know, a lot of times we have we have our conversation. We think here's what uh, here's what we think is going to happen, but we're not going to go on the radio and say that. But Tom felt so strongly about it, and uh, rightfully so. Don't blame it on me. Okay, it was your idea. I was drunk. No, uh, not no. on that day. <laughs> Again, really. It's Tom, a joke. Here's the thing, Tom. It's only a joke. Tom doesn't like compliments. He doesn't like direct compliments. He has to deflect well, it. So that's you know, what's Chad, going on. He did a great thing. You've he made been a around really this good business call. a long time. You know, when have you seen something that like it's like, oh yeah, I've seen this before, and I I think I know what I'm looking at here, even though it was a little different than the last time. There's enough similarities. Yeah, and. This this might be twenty or thirty years ago, but it does. It, there are similarities, and and uh, you know maybe um, you you know you have seen it enough. You said, well, if this ever happens again, back in the time, I, I know how to handle it next time. And this was that I, I next time. I didn't know that I did know how to handle it, but I I handled it. Yes, it, that was. <sighs> Life is kind of funny, but every now and then you'll see something twice. Bonds, okay, what happened when they really sold off, there was a big drop kind of quickly, like 70, 80 basis points that nobody saw coming. Right. Which resembled capitulation where they gave up the ghost and they were just throwing bonds out the door. And that that is usually a buy signal. And you get that after the end of a sort of a kind of a slowly declining bear market that all of a sudden ends in kind of a blowout. It's like nobody wants to buy, and then everybody wants to buy. Well, I mean, perfect illustration of that, though, was when we were looking to try to, to buy some bonds for clients, and you had a conversation with one of our uh, the companies we use, one of their uh, – I guess higher ups in their bond department. And what did he say about uh, mortgage backed securities? Oh, they got didn't they didn't even have any traders. They yeah. had laid off their mortgage backed traders. Now think about that for a minute. This is a major asset category in fixed income. S- several uh, big companies had an entire department devoted to mortgage backs. This company, Fidelity, they, they're who we safe keep with. You know, they're huge, multi, multi, multi billion, trillion dollar deal. They didn't even have any mortgage back traders anymore because they they weren't buying and selling. We the guy had to go out and find them on the street. I thought it was kind of funny. Well, I mean, that's a that's a great example though, of where when you when you uh, think that the the bottom is in. I mean, you, I mean that's. A pretty good indication that maybe yeah, the bottom is Yeah, they've gotten out of the business. That's when Solomon Brothers quit the municipal business. Then it became really good business That's for right. a long time. They got out at this the wrong time. So what do you think uh, what we've seen this, this year means for investors? Well, it's given people, I think, uh, a, a much-needed boost of, uh, of confidence, or at least it's been a bit of a reassurance for them that, the sky isn't going to continue to fall because there were times uh, earlier in the year after the regional, a couple of the regional banks failed uh, that people were seriously thinking, well, maybe, maybe that just, we're not going to see with. investments do exactly. Yeah, it's that, that it's been a nice run, but it's over with. And uh, they were talking about buying gold. You heard a lot of gold commercials. You still do, unfortunately, but, uh, but people were just really worried about hanging on to <laughs> Gee, their, I didn't their know money. you were such a fan. <laughs> 
hey, I'm not anti-gold. I'm anti-using uh, anti fear to sell it to people and, and selling them more than they need. But that's that's a story for another day. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the uh, where people are right now, uh, the, if you didn't have seven names, I mean, the, the people saw the S&P yeah. up and they, then their portfolio wasn't up that much. Well, why, why not? Because... Seven names were responsible for you know eighty five ninety percent of the performance up until a couple crazy. months ago. I mean, you just I don't know that I've that. ever seen an index, you know, get that focused for such a long time on just a few names. Do you think some of that has to do with uh, just pure momentum, uh, where people buy the index and therefore they're buying those names in a disproportionate way? sort of buying more of it than they are all the other names in the index. And, you know, we moved, we did, we don't typically buy ETFs, but we saw that the other 493 names in the index were sort of underperforming. And we decided this might be a time when they'll do well. So we bought the equal weighted S and P index, which only gives equal weight to all the, uh, companies in the index it doesn't overweight the top seven and that actually has done okay for us because you know um we uh saw the lower end the the, the underperformers outperform for a while well i mean it it's uh if you believe in reversion to the mean which you pretty much have to do to yeah to i be mean an it's kind of a mathematical right. law Right. I mean, if something is is not doing well for a while, that typically does pretty well. Then uh, then it's it's overdue. You know, it's right. it's uh, and that's what we've seen in a lot of asset classes this year. That's why I would I was talking earlier about trying to make sure clients were positioned properly with their investments. We couldn't call the timing on when it was finally going to start performing. People were going to start paying attention and, and valuing the, the right. companies uh, like they should. Uh, but we knew that eventually it would happen, and that's what we've seen in the last few months. We've seen a big broadening out of, of, uh, of stock. I mean, of of the the rally. I guess it's. Uh, I think you've still seen some gains in some of the magnificent seven names, but they've underperformed some of the you know, small caps, for example, uh, as people have uh, realized, hey, we're paying a lot of money for this stuff. Uh, these these seven names, but I think what you've had is you've had a couple of themes that people have gotten really excited about: artificial intelligence yep. and. That's what uh, drove up NVIDIA, which now uh, has a trillion-dollar-plus market cap. Uh, and it's, uh, I don't even know what the P.E. ratio on it is, even on a forward basis, but it's a lot. I remember um, you said before it made that last stratospheric, you know, what it was up 20% in a day one time, and it was prior to that. It, and you said this thing is going to keep going up. You were right. You know, we didn't buy any of it because even at that point it seemed stupidly overpriced and i think it's you know i'm not a guy who sits and recommends things at some point somebody's going to make some money shorting nvidia right it's probably not going to be me but <laughs> um you know it, it takes nerves of steel to do that for sure yeah uh, to call try to call the turn in that but the other one is the G glp1 uh, drugs the weight loss drugs which has been the two big winners of that have been novo norisk and and also eli Lilly. uh they have the uh I guess the the market cornered, or they have the lead in that space anyway. And those names all did really well to start the year. But if you didn't own something, one of those two names, you were more or less flat for the for the year. 
Um, but that's really changed in the last couple of months. So, I mean, where that leaves us is I think there's still room for these names that have been undervalued. I mean, on a forward basis, if you take the Magnificent 7 out, the S&P 500 or the average P.E. ratio on a forward basis is 15 and a half, roughly. And that's not too bad right? historically. Right. Uh, historically, it's maybe 17, something so like that. So there's still, what still some room. What this says to the average investor is we believe – that there are still plausible, arguable, decent values in certain areas. And this is, <clears throat> if you're investing money for retirement, you have to think about both income as well as growth. You know, we would like to see the bond market back up a little bit in here, go back maybe to a 4% yield on the 10-year and then we would probably start buying some more bonds here. It's run up too fast for us lately. But uh, anyway, at this point, we will let Luke. <laughs> what did you say? You weren't talking in your microphone. Yeah, I, I know. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Chad Sturgill and our host, Tom Dupree. If you'd like to hear more of the Tom Dupree Show, go to our website, dupreefinancial.com, and click on the radio tab. We'll be back with more of the Tom Dupree Show in just a few minutes. It's our financial hour. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Tom Dupree. A few months ago, we began publicly predicting lower interest rates. At the time, it seemed like a strange thing to predict given that some of the most well-known names on Wall Street were saying the opposite. Events have proved us correct. If you disregarded our call and kept money in cash and short-term obligations like CDs and money funds, you've left quite a bit on the table. We warned against becoming complacent. When the Federal Reserve begins to cut, rates will drop quickly. We were right. To find out what we think the next move is, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and make an appointment with us. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and your favorite podcast platform. Just a poor boy, though my story is seldom told. I squandered my resistance for a pocket full of mumbles, such are promises. All lies and jest, still a man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest. No more than a boy in the company of strangers In the quiet of the railway station Let him scared Laying low, seeking out the poor quarters Where the ragged people go Looking for the places only they would know La 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 la
Welcome back to the Tom yeah. Dupree Show. Joining us, Chad Sturgill, our host, Tom Dupree. This is more of our financial hour, and we're powered by Dupree Financial Group. What a song. This album came out in January of 1970. At the time, I was a 13-year-old, newly formed album collector, spending my lawn mowing snow shoveling money on nothing but albums and I subscribed to the Record Club of America and uh, no that was no it was the Columbia Record Club Columbia Records and this was a, this uh, album was the fifth album by Simon and Garfunkel it was their last album because they just couldn't stay together evidently Paul Simon was just a horribly difficult personality and Gar- Art Garfunkel was kind of quiet and let himself get pushed around but uh, you know this album when it came out I mean there were just of course the album is called Bridge Over Troubled Water and that's the title song I think this is the best song on there but all other, other people would argue with me I mean, there are many, it's, there wasn't a bad song on it, but you know, I remember just getting that LP and putting it on the, uh, little record player that I had little stereo system. It was a little Lafayette 55 watt amp and these, uh, cheapy speakers and just sitting there and listening to this album over and over again. 
And, uh, you know, that's the power of music. Now, Simon and Garfunkel, New York City for sure. I never had a spiritual connection to New York. Not in that way. Uh, they obviously did. Those who, who have grown up in New York do. Listen, I don't per, I don't share in it, but I sure as hell don't belittle it. I, you know, it, it's, uh, it's quite a, a place, and uh, I'm a southerner, always will be. I'm, I'd rather be driving across Georgia than, you know, although the Mohawk River Valley is such a beautiful place, upstate New York. But the point is, music is a beautiful thing. And, you know, I listen to these songs now, same thing with that Allman Brothers song I just played. 50 years later, they have more impact on me now than they did back then. Now, imagine that. How lucky a guy am I? So, anyway. Well, some of that, I, do, I think you, you see the music really holds up. It stands it the does. test of time. It, it does. It does. It holds up. I mean, the good stuff really does. And there was, you know, we did not know how good uh, stuff was being written at the time. You know, these people, you just kind of took it for granted. Yeah. I mean, but, because you know, so many artists were writing great they stuff were. back then. It, it was, was, it was incredible. Period, yeah. You know, I heard a story. I, I saw this recently. I didn't know this was true, but, um, evidently there was a shop in New York called Manny's music store. And I, I don't know what they sold, maybe guitars or stuff. And Paul Simon was in there. This is he long after he and Art Garfunkel had broken up. All of a sudden he walks around the corner and there's Frank Zappa <laughs> and the mothers of invention. Yes. Yeah. And he and Frank Zappa, kind of knew who each other were but they didn't know each other so they start talking well frank zappa you know all good jewish boys you know frank zappa says hey have you and art talked about getting back together again and uh they said nah you know man we it would be something we would definitely talk well he gets the three the, the two of them and he said i tell you what we're doing a concert why don't you and Art call yourselves Tom and Jerry and and do the opening thing? We won't tell anybody. And that was how, you know, Simon and Garfunkel got back. Of course, Paul Simon had a huge solo career, you know, did that song, uh, was it Graceland? Yeah, and You Can Call Me Al was another. I yeah, mean, you but he's, he's written so many good ones, but those are the more recent ones, yeah. Well, they were, that's been 40 years ago, those have. I mean, you know, think about it. It's been a long time. Right. And But he had the 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. He had all these ways other songs leave, that were before that. Grace, and, that Graceland yeah. album, that was a big-time album. The point is, Frank Zappa, he's been gone a long time. Nobody really understood him. I really didn't listen to Frank Zappa, you know. But 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 now it's like he's being vindicated a little bit, you know. I mean, he's got some songs that are just pretty raucous. Yeah, I know. We got we got a it's we got the clock. Okay, I don't even so get to mention talk Deep Purple then. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> Smoke on the Water. Gun, 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 they mentioned gun, Frank Zappa. Gun, so. gun, gun. Yeah. All right, we got about fourteen minutes to actually talk <laughs> about business. 
here's what we think for what it's worth. Inflation, I kind of believe, and this is based on what I'm seeing in the numbers, we're going to get to zero inflation this cycle. I think we're 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 kind of headed there. I think a lot of your inflationary uh, things are beginning to abate. You know, oil has pulled way back. We're now seeing oil in the the low seventies. We were seeing it in the mid to high eighties. That's a big drop. Oil is an input into everything we do. Um, I've been talking to several people who say that they're seeing, you know, the raw materials for things that they do are dropping. And if this inflationary, uh, spiral that we got into begins to sort of go in reverse, you know, a, a, a three eighty five on a ten year bond is going to look cheap. That's right. Now, what are we in the business of doing when we're we're investing for retirement? Well, we're trying to produce absolute returns. Return on your money over and above taxes and inflation. It's not a real return on your money until you've been able to exceed both of them, both taxes and inflation. They're both taxes, I think. You know, inflation's a type of a tax. Yep. But the point is, we may be in a very good environment for this where we can invest for both growth and income and do quite well in this environment. And the reason I say that is because the market is already beginning to recognize, you know, we may be seeing significantly lower inflation ahead, but the market hasn't yet priced itself fully, you know, to that thing. I mean, one could argue that the bonds getting to 5% on the 10-year was a very short-lived frustration sell-off that didn't last that long. You could buy some things very cheap, but only for a short window of time. It wasn't a window that was open for very long. And now we're getting back to kind of where things were prior to that. And... So now the question is, are we going to rally from here? I'm going to say this. If inflation is really heading where it looks like it may be, then everything today may be cheap. Except if it means that the economy slows down, you would probably better be off be better off being in defensive type names uh, things that it would extend your duration and we have ideas there folks 
don't just play around buying and selling S&P 500 index funds because you don't really know what you're doing there. We can make it a lot simpler for you. I'm going to say call us. You know, I'm, I'm going to get a lot more brazen about ads. <laughs> I'm talking about what's going on in the market, but I'm going to pull a little Sean Hannity on you. I'm going to be talking about how screwed up the world is, da, 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 and I'm going to slip a gold commercial in on you. <laughs> but it's not going to be gold. It's going to be pre-gold. Yeah. Well, let's don't call it Words that. Words of wisdom. Yeah. Okay. That's better. Um, <laughs> the, po- the point is, you know, I'm going to be more brazen about telling you, I think that this could be helpful to you to come talk to us. I believe that we do and are seeing inflation potentially really pull back here. And I mean, I think we may get to the Fed's target of 2% and lower. And it could happen quicker than you think. Now, it'll, it'll all, they'll always show you that trailing 12 month, which will make it look like the number's a lot higher. But some numbers, this last PCE thing, were at zero. They were, I mean, they were lower than the two. The core was negative 0.1, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, they're always going to look at the trailing 12 on that. But hell, I mean, if you put four or five of those months together, you're getting, you're, you know, I mean, it's, it won't take much. Well, and what you've got is, is, uh, the, the couple of big drivers why it stayed stubbornly high were oil and gas, which is a component. I mean, I'm talking about the well, housing, but the owner's equivalent rent rent has been high and, and has stayed high and it's finally starting to turn down. So if that trend continues, then what you're saying is, is going to come to, to be proven now, true. You know, could we have an inflationary hiccup come in? Because of the huge amount of, you know, money printing and yeah, absolutely. That can always happen. But <clears throat> let me say this. Money printing alone is not responsible for inflation. It's money printing and the money starts chasing goods and services. That's when you get inflation. Because inflation is a demand-driven thing. If the economy stays slow, I don't care how much money they print. If it ain't chasing anything, you won't have inflation. Right. Well, and you also have, uh, I mean, the other, I guess, consideration is that you've got uh, some of these, in the uh, drivers of inflation have, have backed off here. I mean, right. we had a ton of money get fl- uh, just really just dumped into the economy back uh, when COVID hit. And that had to work its way through the system now. And so I think that takes away one of the big drivers. And I mean, it dovetails with what you're talking about. If, if there aren't people chasing goods and services with that money, then it's not necessarily going to be inflationary Right. and people don't have, you know, they don't have the, the disposable income. They don't have the handouts uh, that to go, to go spend. So you're going to see prices get more reasonable now. So I think that's a, uh, that's a, well, big, I mean, big, it's, big it's got to be a one-off deal. All the COVID money and An adjustment, yeah, yeah, and 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 once it flushes out of the system, so now prices are where they are. But if they start to pull back from where they are, you know, going forward, you don't have inflation. You've got if if we go back to where prices were before COVID, that's ten percent deflation. Yes, I mean you know, Which would not be. We've good never had a ten percent deflation. 
Yeah, I mean, 10%. Well, that's Depression era. And bonds would be, you know, government bonds would be at 1%. I mean, anything you buy. people would be delighted to get 1%. Yeah. <laughs> that environment. And, 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 but the stock market would have issues. Right. Uh, certain companies would. So you got to be in things that are solid and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, you need, you need to own investments in companies that do well, regardless of what the economy is doing. I mean, you need to have at least a portion of your, of your money invested in those kind of companies because, if they can, uh, if they make a product or offer a service that people need, regardless of the economy, they're going to do well. Just, uh, just those are the facts. Yeah. But what uh, we've seen, though, too, is in the last couple of months, I was just looking uh, uh, just a few minutes ago what the Russell 2000 on October 27th, it was down almost seven percent year to date. Now it's up almost twenty percent. You know, so <laughs> in two months, it's had a, that big of a swing. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, and uh, and I mean, that's how underpriced it was. And, and, uh, you're finally seeing it get caught up uh, or, or getting, catching up to the other asset categories. But what you're also seeing things like utilities, which nobody liked at all. I mean, uh, those were negative and they've seen a, a nice run here lately, but that's an area though, where people are, I mean, if, if inflation is under control and interest rates are done going up, then you're talking utilities about are electric utilities. Yes. The, you know, uh, at pertaining electric to electric utilities, I was shocked at how cheap they got. That's right. We saw, I mean, we saw a was couple that of... that supposed co- to be a bump bump A couple of companies. Well, we missed it. I'm sorry. I missed that one. But, <laughs> uh, but sorry, we'll do better next time, Tom. <laughs> but on that though, just some companies that have been trading at premiums for probably a few decades are now back at reasonable prices in, in the utility sector. And that's just one area where we're seeing opportunities yep. right now. I mean, still, even with the run, well, we're seeing opportunities. In terms of utilities, you have to look at what their current prices are. I'm but sorry. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, he got, you got that just, one, Chad. Yeah. yeah. It, thanks for Elizabeth for the heads up on that. So. <laughs> oh, utilities have, tick, have, have always been considered defensive stock. A lot of the, your dividend yields on utilities are not quite what they once were. Right. And you don't, you're not getting 5 6% anymore. You're getting more 3 to 4 if if that. There are other places where you can get yields. I mean, for a while, regional banks were dirt cheap, and they're still fairly cheap. But, you know, I, I just don't know. I mean, I want to see those things. The big problem a few months ago was, oh, the bond portfolios of these banks are so far underwater. Well, they're not as underwater as they were because of the, the price of these bonds have come back up. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I mean, you still have some areas that are concerned, which, I mean, uh, you, you see it on the news. If we can get over and above inflation, we're going to be all right. Right. But it's the office uh, – Real estate uh, market. I mean, you just hear that seems like almost daily about on the news about how that's weak. But there are a lot of office uh, properties that are doing just fine. I mean, yeah, and, and, and they're they're going to be there are still going to be offices. Right. You're not going to do away with offices. We haven't done away with ours. You We're sitting in it right now. You can't go get an X-ray in your home. You know, working from home, or yeah. you can't go to somebody's I mean, house to get an X-ray. You got to go to this, a facility. This business does not and will not function with all of us sitting at home behind our screens. It just, you know, everybody in here, in 2020, people wanted to be back in the office by May. They were tired of sitting at home. 
And they, I said, hey, come on back. Ain't nothing going on downtown. I mean, it was hard to find lunch anywhere. But there were certain people that had to be open, and we were one of them. And everybody came back in. All right. That's a wrap for this week. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Chad Sturgill and our host, Tom Dupree. If you'd like to learn how we can make your money work for you, and it's getting to be a really good environment to do that, call us. 859-233-0400. You can also schedule an appointment with us directly on the homepage of our website at dupreefinancial.com. We appreciate you listening to our financial hour. And we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. <laughs>